I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Maidanova. And I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your biggest power. This is your time now. So lock your door, put your headphones in and enjoy. Heather Ebert, welcome to the world's best trauma recovery podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. You're quite an amazing person. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. I would love to start, start off with a tricky question. Okay. <laughs> Heather, have you figured out your purpose on this planet? Oh, yeah, definitely. My okay. mission is to help heart-centered people take their place amongst the wealthy. And the people I'm starting with tend to be entrepreneurs or have an entrepreneurial mindset. And they're usually women. And specifically, if you want to get really down into a niche, it would be um, women who aren't used to controlling their finances, are looking for their purpose in life. They're feeling a little lost, a little overwhelmed. Those are the absolute ideal for who I can help. This is amazing because you know what? Not many people would find their why, their reason on the planet. How do you help those women to find their why? Well, I have had a lot of education and experience in my life. I started learning accounting back in 1984, even though I'm only 35, right? Um, <laughs> um, so I've been a CPA for like three decades and a financial advisor for a decade. And I have worked through my own shame around money, my own abusive relationship, the, my own um, money mindset blocks. And I am a very right brain person as well as left brain person. So I'm able to bring it all together. So that's what I do. I can, I, the people who are right-brained or who are really overwhelmed with finances, my approach is easy for them to follow and not be intimidated by. That's really amazing. Heather, and before we jump into your story and, and into your incredible experience around your abusive relationship, I just want to ask you, what are the most, what are the most common blocks around the money and where are they coming from? Most common are people that just don't want to look. They don't want to see where they stand. They're afraid of their finances. Um, that's one. There's people who think that they're ready to be wealthy. They don't know why the wealth isn't coming, but they have beliefs that they've taken on from when they were younger. Everything that you are told before you're seven years old, you take in 
without the ability to really question it as you can past that point. Um, so it kind of shapes the bucket that you have for collecting wealth. And if the bucket is set to small, you have to undo that and create the bigger bucket. And sometimes there's leaks in your financial bucket, but it's all about overcoming beliefs that have been set beforehand. So if you think of wealthy people as nasty and you have all these bad thoughts about them, you're not going to become one because you don't want to become somebody you hate, but it's really your beliefs have to be reshaped because wealth does not make you bad. Wealth will only amplify what you already are. And if you're already a wonderful person, you're just going to do so much more good in the world. If you become wealthy, look at Oprah. She's a shining example of a wealthy one or princess Diana, right? They were both super wealthy and they both make, big differences. You know what? I absolutely agree with you. It's not the money that makes you a bad person. It's something inside, inside you. And I can resonate with you because when I was growing up, my stepfather, when, and I'm talking about my story in the first episode, but just quickly, he came um, into our family with nothing. And then my mom and my stepfather started to grow together. And when he started to earn a big money, he changed a lot. He became a completely different person. I didn't recognize him. You know, sometimes he would he would come come home so angry and his eyes and his face would become like a dem- demon's face. A demon. Mm-hmm. A demon demon's face. I didn't I didn't know what was it. I honestly, but I think that was something in him already before. And Definitely. I think it was coming from his childhood. Um experience where his father was a very violative and uh, tyrannic uh, person you know and and when my stepfather felt this power uh, and this wealth I think he he felt this now I can do anything to anyone yeah yeah and but it's yeah sometimes it's overwhelmed for them and it, it and it it just opens up their insecurities and they get into this even enhanced nastiness yeah it's it's a shame and i got a really really bad limiting belief from my stepfather <laughs> that i have to uh, to work hard to uh, to achieve uh, a success to uh, get more money just just work work harder and harder and harder which is I'm working on it <laughs> really seriously. Yeah, no, because it's not true. You should be able to get paid to be you. It should be easy. If you're, if you're working toward your life purpose, it should be easy. And if it's hard, you need to stop and sit back and say, okay, just checking in feeling-wise, which path, feels like it would be the right path for me to start with because you should have one 
to go with to reach your goal to start with because if you're trying to do more than one it's going to take you so much longer like multiply amplified so much longer so when you're figuring that out just go through the different options and see how it makes you feel does it make you feel heavy or does it make you feel light if it makes you feel light that's the right path i love it i really love it because i truly believe you don't need to sacrifice your life and uh, your your happiness and your time no to achieve some of those things I, I agree with that. Thank you, Heather. And how did you start your practice? How did you come to this realization? Oh, years. Um, it's just been trying to, trying to get ahead of my own life, trying to overcome my own things. That's where it comes from. I mean, I fell into being an accountant. It was just, I took it in high school. It was super easy. So I became an accountant. Um, that the knowledge that I have, those were always brought just by having to make a decision on something usually, but the path of learning all these different ways was because I needed it. I've always been an optimist, but you know how hard that is when you're being abused, right? Even if you're denying being abused, which I was, I would say, Oh yeah, I know he does try to control me with his temper, but no, I'm not mentally abused. I'm a smart, educated woman. I'm definitely not mentally abused. Yeah, I was severely. I definitely was, (laughs) but that was the process. It was just things would present themselves because it was meant to be on my path and I would work through them and try harder and try more things and learn more things. And, but it's always been, my path too to learn things that can help other people because that's who I am so I have a toolkit that I build of all these different things because oh that one might help somebody someday so even though it's not for me I might buy the book or or listen to the training so that I can bring that out when someone else needs it you know I had a client she was dating well she wasn't dating uh, she was seeing a guy who wanted only uh, sex from her. And he was open about this. I just I just come once a week. I just want to sex with you. Um, nothing else. And she really wanted to get a family. She was uh, in her uh, late 30s, early 30s. She wanted to have a baby. She wanted to settle down. But... It, Every, every time he would come, come uh, to visit her, nothing would happen. And she thought that the longer she would stay in this relationship, the better it will become. Maybe he will change his mind to finally fall in love with her and start dating her. Because all he was saying, no, I'm just coming on a Saturday and that's it. And she created this uh, micro contract with him, not realizing that he's not promising her really anything back. Why? Why is it, Heather? Yep. Yes. Why is it? What is it? Why? Why are we staying in uh, such a relationship? We believe what we want to believe. That's. That's it in a nutshell. 
we see that after I was free, one of the people I was seeing to, for help, her name was Anki Arts, and she said the most brilliant thing to me. She said, just because you see the potential in someone, and as an empath, we all we know, like we can pick up on that they can do it, right? We've seen the good side of them. That's how they got us attracted to them in the first place. We see this example. But just because you see the potential in someone does not mean they have any intention of ever living up to it. And that was such an eye opener for me. It's like, oh, because I always want to be the best I can be. And most empaths, and kind women do. They want to be the best they can be. They're always striving to fix what they see as flaws about themselves, character traits that they perceive as negative. And I say perceive because they're not necessarily negative. We need that shadow side, as they call it, of our, of our personality to protect us to help us through things. So we have to thank it, not and embrace it, pull it in, not push it away. You can't push something away. If the Buddhist principle is you go through it, you see why the issue is there, you send it love, thank it and embrace it. So if you're trying to quit smoking, you bless each cigarette with love, thank it for being there and release it. Say, you know, I thank you. You've helped me through like whatever, but we're going to have to say goodbye. And it works for so many things. But yeah, we see, we see the potential, but we honestly, we will make up any story and believe what we want to believe to justify what we're afraid to change. And that's what it comes down to. I know it. I've done it. I would tell my daughter, like when she had moved away, I'd be like, oh, no, he's, he's better. He's better. And she talked to her brother. And he'd be like, no, he's not. But I was trying to justify why I was still there. I was afraid. What were you afraid of? Oh, what he would do if I left, when I left. I just, he's, he would alternate between whatever he thought would keep you there. You know, like he's going to um, threaten suicide or say he's sick to um, seeing how much he loves you and he wants you to stay to, you know, I can, I can kill myself and frame you for the death, right? You know, if I ever caught you with somebody else, these are the things I would do to you. You know, like, I'm going to make you famous and I take all those pictures of you that I have you naked and I'm putting them all over the internet. I'm going to call the and make you lose your job and say that you showed me files and stuff and I'll report you to the SEC. I didn't show him any files, but these are threats that he would come up with. So he would just alternate, right? Honey and, and like the, the bee, the sting and the, and the honey, like just either way. So you, you get there so long and you don't know what's on the other side. It's like overcoming the money blocks. You don't know what's going to happen when you become rich. Are you going to lose your friends? What are they going to expect from you? Are people going to judge you and say you're this nasty biatch or are they going to you know like are you're you don't know how people are going to judge you what they're going to say what's going to happen so you're afraid of the unknown it's a lot easier to stay in something that's bad that you feel you're in control of to a point than to step out of that and lose all control how 
how did you get out from those relationships? Well, I go into depth on that on my actual first episode of my podcast, Prosperity and Possibilities. But essentially, I expected him to die that year. Intuition. And a friend of mine who's a very powerful medium said in February, she said, Heather, he's not going to die. And I cursed. What the? I was mad. And my son said for the next three months, he had never seen me so assertive, but it wasn't, it was like, it was coming through me. Like my, my grandmother and grandfather and that, like they were, they were giving me the words to say, because anyone in an abusive relationship knows you walk on eggshells, you measure your words before you say them. You're careful. You know, what will likely bring a reaction, tone of voice, all those things. Right. But it coming out of my mouth in a way that I was standing up to him, but not triggering him. And it wasn't me because I had never figured that out in 24 years, but it was coming through. And then just that day in June, because I knew that year something was changing. I was not living like that anymore. I was taking my life back. If you had asked me in the morning, if I thought I could leave him, I still would have said No. But that night he had been trying to provoke me all day and I just wasn't biting and I wasn't biting and he was trying to trying and trying. And it just got to the point where he said something he always said, which is what you can do, leave me. I said, yes, I am. And I did. And he begged and pleaded and cried and didn't want me to go and went as soon as he knew I was serious. Um, but I packed a friend, my friend that I mentioned, she came over with her vehicle and my son and I packed up the things we had to take, including all my files, because I didn't, have, I didn't want him having access to any of that. And we moved. And for a week, I went back and got things. And on that day, June 20th, when I went down, it, it, you know things subconsciously, right? On the drive down, I was calling in angels, guides, unicorns, fairies, dragons, anything you got. I need protection. And they protected me because while I was taking stuff out, he was doing one of his poor pitiful me things where, you know, implying he was going to do something to himself. And I turned around, looked at him and said, Mike, you're not going to do anything. And then I went upstairs and started packing more stuff. And within five minutes, he showed up in front of me like three feet in front of me. So like he reached out his hand just like this with one hand and passed me a note and I took it and I didn't even have to straighten my arm to take it. Like it was that close. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I just want you to see what you, and by that point I saw the the 22 and I, I think he said caused because of course blame it on me at the end and pulled the trigger and looked surprised and he fell down and I started to run, looked back to see if he faked it, which there was, it looked like a bruise right here. Um, on his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On his temple. And I, sorry, forget that it's on podcast. Yeah. And I, uh, that was freedom day. We call it. So he was dead. I was free. It was, it was another day. Wow. This, 
this a traumatic thing. day. I mean, I was bawling my eyes out, but it was another day. I've had this, this yeah, with him. He literally tried to manipulate, uh, manipulate you by making you guilty. What's happened? Yep, tried it, didn't work. <laughs> Thanks God. <laughs> well, you think about it. If you're, if you can control somebody else, if mm-hmm. if anything he did was in my control. Don't mm-hmm. you think I would have made him a nice person? Don't you 100%. think I would have filtered what he said? Don't you think I would have made him be a happy person? Yes. If you could control someone else, if you live in the life of Riley, all you can do is make it easier or harder for someone to choose happiness. It's their choice. 100%. 100%, Heather. How and I know you have a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. How does this relationship impact them in oh. their adulthood? Well, Brittany started to hate him when she was younger. Um, the cat, our, we had a, a wonderful, calm cat. Um, Brittany was, gosh, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And she went to pet her and hissed at her. And she never does that. She must not have been feeling well. And Brittany went to pet her again. And she kind of batted at her. Like, And Mike grabbed a shovel and was going and swung it. He would have cut the cat in half if he had a hitter. But she ran. So Brittany hated him since then. And she felt like she needed to protect me. So she took on a lot. It wasn't hers to take. Um, Dominic is super easygoing. Both of my kids have um, Asperger's, so a bit of social anxiety thrown in the mix. And Dominic just avoided him as much as possible, but he Dominic doesn't trigger anybody. I don't know anybody who wouldn't get along with my son, right? My friend, after we left, she told me, she said, did you know that Dominic thought he was going to kill all of you? And I went to my son and I said, Michelle said that you were afraid he was going to kill all of us. And his exact words were, oh, I wasn't afraid. I just figured he was going to. How old was he, Dominique? He was 19. When I Um, left, he was 19. Brittany would have been 22. She was on the other end of the country at that point, but Dominic was with me. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why we call it Freedom Day. Literally, I lost like 12 pounds that week. And we were on, it was like two days later, we were on a call, a Zoom call with Brittany. And um, I said, geez, I lost 12 pounds. And, and Dominic said, you lost more than that. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, you lost over 200. <laughs> so yes, it sounds callous, but I'm sorry. We are very happy the man is dead. He was not good to us. And nobody knows. They have a half-sister. She doesn't know the worst of it. She'd go home to her mother. And she wasn't afraid of him killing her mother. Although I actually did save her mother's life at one point because he was headed out the door with a gun loaded on his place to, on his way to her place um, when she was just a little tiny girl because she had called crying. Her mom had upset her. And I don't know what he was strung out on, but I stopped him in the kitchen at my own risk and convinced him 
just by mentioning his daughter's name and saying, no, you're just going to upset her. You, you, she'll never forgive you and things like that. And I talked him out of it. So, yeah, but she doesn't know that. That's not something actually I even remembered until a few years ago. I had forgotten it, blocked it. Was he um, ever diagnosed, diagnosed with any mental health no. disease? No, he, uh, he didn't really go. But if I was to guess, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that he was uh, manic depressive, bipolar, whatever you want to call it. Because looking back, it's, if people think bipolar is like anger and happiness, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's really high frenetic energy, which can be just dramatic, right? But they're not depressed. And then there's the depression, anger. So it's the, the, the frenetic side can be full anger or it can be depression. So, but a lot of people thought he was a great guy. They just didn't know he saved all that for those closest as per most narcissists. Or oh, exactly the same with my stepfather. For everyone else, he was a great guy. He was a great mm. friend, great son. But as soon as the door would close behind him in our house, he would become a completely different person. They're actors. It's what they, they're very, very good at it. And I know other people, I know a young girl that had gone to Ireland with this guy who had been amazing to her. But when she got to Ireland, totally different guy. And she didn't leave because she was like, I want him back. Well, he wasn't real. He's the actor role that he the guy took on to get you he's the role that he puts on when he goes out in public and yes you can feel that there is a good part in him but it's not actually who he wants to be he wants to be this controlling person this abusive person he has no desire to change he just puts on that persona as much as he needs to that's all it is. You'll never get that person back. You must, I mean, go hire an actor. It'll be the same thing. It's not a real person. And you know, Heather, my, my mom stayed in this relationship with my stepfather for, I think, 15 or 17 years. I can't remember. Um, and I was always looking at her and thinking, when are you going to leave this man? When you finally realize that he's not the man that you think but she was so afraid to leave him over the security he was a provider uh sort of (laughs) he (laughs) was a protector and i'm showing the um inverted quotation marks Mm -hmm, quotation marks uh for her it was more about uh look like she she has a family because she couldn't, she couldn't stay single anymore. Heather, what would be your best advice for women who are stuck in a similar relationship, in a similar situation, especially with kids, but they don't know how to get out or they're so afraid? There's usually organizations that are there that were created to help women 
if there isn't one in your country, they are there in other countries. If there is a way for you to make that phone call, there are people, far too many people who have been there and done that and fortunately have made it out. Um, some, some don't make it out and stay alive. I, I do know a woman who was planning to leave the country and he got to her first. Um, but it doesn't have to be that bad. There are places you can go. There are support things. And it's what I've taught my kids their whole lives. Don't reach out to people in the same situation as you or the same age as you. They don't know any more than you do. There are always people who have been there and done that. And they know more than you do because they're farther than that. They have that hindsight is 2020. They know what they would go back and change and do differently and how it can be done. Look for those support groups. Look for somebody who you can reach out to who is past the stage that you are in. And even if you are like me and you are in denial, you know that it's not good. I was praying for him to be dead. When I heard of a woman becoming widowed, I would be jealous. You know, if that's you, you shouldn't be there. You just don't know how to get out. And these organizations, you don't have to say that you're a victim or abused woman or make yourself seem small. You can be a very strong woman in an unhappy, uncomfortable relationship that you don't know how to get out of. So you don't have to be embarrassed. They know how to help you. And there are, I, I watched a documentary the other day where there's police who are trying to help these sugar babies get out or, and all these different women who are being oppressed in other countries like where you came from, Anna. And the women aren't talking to them, even though the police officers are trying to help they're not responding and it's because no I love him you that's the story you're telling yourself and you don't actually and if you try to go back to a place when you were happy if you have one and think if I was starting a brand new relationship what would be the boundaries I would set because these guys can't cross a line because you've never made one so they just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Oh, push too far. Step back. Push, 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 push. And they get you to a point where they're doing things to you that you never would have allowed anyone to do to you before. But they always start gradually. So try, please, please try to do the best you can. Reach out to, for help. And if someone is offering you help, see Let's see, maybe, maybe there's an answer there for you. Heather, this is such an amazing advice. And you know what? You have two choices. You can stay in such a relationship and try your best, but um, it's not going to change. Even if you're, yeah. if you're writing, it's not, it's not going to change because uh, it is about uh, setting up healthy boundaries and it's about self-worth and self-love and self-respect. If you, uh, if a man or a woman, you know, sometimes 
cross these boundaries. There is no way they're going to <laughs> be better. Or you can leave this relationship and you can realize that you're worth much better. You're worth uh, much, much more loving and kinder and healthy relationship and work towards it. And then just think about the impact of your kids watching you in a such a relationship. Because from my experience, I thought beating um, kids is normal. And now I'm realizing that, uh, you know, smashing them with a <laughs> um, leather belt is not normal. It is abuse. Or calling them uh, very bad words. It is abuse. I'm realizing it now. But at those point, I thought it's normal. No, if it's all you've ever known, then you don't know there's better. But that's why you are sharing your message and why I'm speaking up is so people can know that there is a better way, that there is hope, that there are good people out there and good relationships that you can have. The best one you have to cult cultivate first is the one with yourself. And for anyone who wonders why women don't leave, it's like, well, if she stays, she's making the choice to stay. It's Yes, but the choice that you're making is like, when you're sitting on the couch at home and you're thinking, oh, I should get up and go and do the dishes or I should get up and go for a walk and you stay sitting on the couch, it's, it's not, it, time just goes by because you haven't made the harder choice, the, the choice that takes effort versus the choice that requires less effort. And women in these relationships are strong and children, they're, they are some of the strongest people you will ever meet, but they shouldn't have to be that strong. Exactly. And there is something about being in a victim mode. It's just your, uh, your perpetrator takes all your power away. It's, they, it's really hard learn. to explain. Yeah, you, yeah, they, you they can leave. get you because they seem so caring. Uh, really, this is the other piece of advice. Look up the definition of narcissist online. You should spell that out in the show notes so they can look it up because the definition I thought it was after I left, I actually looked it up and it, it really opened my eyes because there are books on it. There's all kinds of things of information out there for you that you could get from a library or somewhere, right? But um, it's not just someone who thinks of themselves before he thinks of others or she thinks of others because there are female narcissists too. It's somebody who, it's incurable. They said in the, the one that I read, you can overcome it through a 12-step program but it is highly unlikely. You're talking about maybe one, 2% out of anybody. So they are not capable of changing it because they don't want to. It's very comfortable to be in this state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you remember what uh, definition uh, you've read, you found? 
on just no, on top and of it, it wasn't it wasn't just the definition it went through the things that they do like the gaslighting like where they make you think they twist things so that it's on you and um mm. like a Typical things are when, like you and I discussed, that we would go somewhere and have a great time. And as soon as you walk out the door, you're going to be told everything you did wrong and, and all these nasty mm-hmm. things, right? Where if they say, oh, there, come here, you think you're in trouble because you're trying to figure out what you did wrong because you're so used to Heather come here means I'm about to be told off and everything I've done wrong, like that has. So, yeah, that's it goes through it and you will identify much more quickly if you actually do a bit of research and read up on it. That's a great advice. Mm. Heather, what are you most proud of in your life? Well, partly my children, but also me being being able to stand up and say, you know, this is who I am. Um, I am an incarnated fairy who is going to teach you about finances and money and make you feel good. And the journey, like coming through it and being strong enough to and being the help for others. A lot of people ask me, well, if you could go back and give advice to younger you, what would you say? If you could go back and change anything, what would you say? nothing really there's tiny things like there's this little thing here that I said to one of the kids one time or this that I said but it would all have to do with better parenting it wouldn't be with changing the path because the path made me who I am and who I am is somebody who is capable of helping a lot more people Heather bless you I'm so glad I've met you Honestly, I'm glad I met you too. You are such an inspiration. <laughs> and um, I know you're helping so many, so many people, so many women. And the financial side is very important to be able to be financially independent from mm-hmm. your men. Yes. And if people need your help, where can they find you? Uh, the best place is to go to my website, hcabbott.ca, C-A for Canadian. Um, if you go to that website, hcabbott.ca, at the very top, there's a button that says become an insider. And that gets you on my email list and it gets you the booklet for, it gives you my system for oh, figuring out your money. It's an essential thing. It's like an unbudget. It's really, really easy. Number avoidant people have told me time and time again, oh my gosh, this is easy. So please, you would have to print it out and do it to get the benefit. Just clicking the button won't get you the benefit. But that will also put you on my email list, which is not very frequent um, because I don't like filling up inboxes. But if you want to know when I'm launching uh, a course or giving a training away or something like that, that's where you would find out the most easily. So I do encourage people to be on it. Wonderful. And before we go, do you have any concluding thoughts? My thought is that you are amazing. And I love 
that you are overcoming your own challenges and that you're standing up and saying your whole story too. Because I put mine out there and I know it takes a lot of guts to put that out on the internet available for everybody because there are people who will judge us um but there are more people that really need us so that's my final thought is thank you for being you i love this so much thank you heather ladies and gentlemen heather abbott thank you for being here i know it's not easy but there is a part of you who is ready to take this journey all the way and I can help. Reach out to me directly at Anna at AnnaMadeNova.com to get to work. You can also connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn for more healing stories and magic. This journey isn't possible to do on your own. So make sure to like, subscribe and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. If you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, this is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the World's Best Trauma Recovery Podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now.